Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast that gets people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks it all. So join me as I open up shop and have a waffle. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to another episode of the Waffle Shop Podcast. Today, I'm joined by fellow Coventrian, I think that's the word, it's actor, singer, songwriter, and my first playwright on the show, Declan Bennett. <laughs> he even brought his own sound effects. Crowd goes wild. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing really good, man. Yeah, Welcome to the really Waffle good. Shop. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's... Where did you get the name Waffle Shop from? Well, you'll find out very soon how much shite I talk. Okay. Obviously, we're kind of known for being a bit of a waffler. Okay. And then because we talk a lot about like, like mental health on the show, coping mechanisms and like music that kind of soundtracks it all, yeah. it kind of like reminds me of a shop. Mm-hmm. So if a shop is where you go to get your necessities. Nice. So it was like waffle shop. That's a good, yeah, I see it. Yeah. Almost like a barber's type of thing where everyone just goes and they just like, wah, 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 wah. That's, yes. So that sort of thing. But also like an actual shop where yeah. you can buy your eggs and your milk and your butter. Exactly. I mean, it is very expensive at the minute. But... <laughs> so we <laughs> just made the most of it. Yeah. But no, it's, it's genuinely a pleasure to have you here. Obviously, I've watched you on TV for years now. And then when, obviously, I found out you were from Coventry, I was like, do you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't get. Let's get him <laughs> so on. Let's get him on. And you asked him, you got. Uh, exactly. So thank you. Of course. No um, I mean, this is all very, very nice, but I do start each one of my shows with something quite negative. Okay. And it's something called The Weekly Waffle yeah. that gets on my goat. But then once I've spoken about it, mm-hmm. it makes me feel a little bit better. Um, <laughs> nine times out of ten, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. But it's the thought yeah. that counts. Yeah. Um, so what's been winding me up specifically today, because it, it happened to me twice, um, is slow walkers today. And I thought I was quite a patient person. But, you know, it was, it's a bit of a grey day out there. Yeah. So I was like, I've got places to be. And there's just people dilly-dallying. Yeah. 
And I just kind of, I would never condone violence, but I feel like sometimes <laughs> people just need to kick up their hearts. Yeah, if you've got a resort to it, you've got a resort to it. <laughs> However, it seems pretty quiet around here. So were you just like having, was it some, it was Oh, I was stomping. Around. Oh, okay. Stomping around. Them. So it's just you walking just dead fast and everyone else is just like. But speed walking. Casually wandering. <laughs> I was like, oh, who's that mental case? Exactly. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's on, he's on a mission. Yeah. Um, is there anything that gets on your nerves that you'd like to get off your chest today? Um, things that aren't open around here that should be on a Tuesday. <laughs> I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I was just like, right, I'm just going to pop in, just get a little coffee in Fargo Village. Yeah. I haven't been in Fargo Village for a long time. Um, and then you sort of get and you're like, guys, it's like 2 p.m. Yeah. on a Tuesday. What Where are you closed are you? for? Yeah. Closed on a Tuesday. Why? What you got against Tuesday? It's really frustrating as well because there's a really nice, um, it's called Sugar and Spice. I'll do a little bit of a shout out, but I'm shouting her out because people should check it out, but I'm also shouting out because it's Tuesday. She should be open. She should be open. <laughs> they do the best like vegan gluten-free cakes okay. in there. See, I mean, it's like, that's just quite mean, isn't it? Like, yeah. Tell, like, God, if, if this was a Monday, you could have had this beautiful, lovely little treat before you got yeah. here, but no, I had some watery coffee from someone around the corner. Oh, God. It was, was it name and shame? No, I'm not <laughs> name and shame. That's really mean. <laughs> We're not here for this on this show. No. Um, well, do, do you feel better? No, you've... <laughs> yeah, now I've got it off my chest. Just, I feel lighter. Thank God. That's what we want. So, we need to talk about, obviously... Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> Uh, yes, actually, I have a problem. With, I'm talking specifically about Kevin from Home Alone. Actually, now you've just oh, said that. okay. Because now you've just, this is what happens on this show. We'll Something just else that's just annoyed me yeah. is why they let that kid be home alone <laughs> the amount of times that they did. Yeah. Well, it would have been a boring boring film, wouldn't it, if, they've, if, he'd have, the if they'd have remembered to take him <laughs> on the true. plane and then he goes wherever he goes and... <laughs> You're like, and that's the end of the film. But <laughs> <laughs> it's rolling. Yeah. Um, okay, we're going to rewind um, a little bit before, obviously, we get into the incredible um, like work that you're doing now. I'd quite like to know how that journey, like, started for you. Because we have music guests on the show quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And they they sometimes say about, you know, they went to see a particular performer or they fell in love with an instrument or, yeah. you know, it was a choir, whatever it might be. Yeah. And that kind of sparked that, okay, that's what I want to do. Yeah. How did that kind of creative journey, if you like, start for you? I mean, <laughs> how specific do you want me to be? Um, I mean, listen, I, I always I always loved music when I was a kid. Mm. Um, I come from a, a very Irish family, as t- most people in Coventry do in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. So there was always sort of musical. Around. Uh, having said that, there was nobody musical in my family. Yeah, I think like my great uncle or somebody played the fiddle or something like that. But nobody sang, nobody sort of played music. But I was always surrounded by it. So we always used to go to like you know the local club on a yeah. Friday night, and there'd always be a session on. And then. I started, I did like Irish dancing when I was a kid and I loved that. And then I started to play the tin whistle and the flute and oh, wow. and then I started to play the piano. And I, I, I this was all at the age sort of nine, 10 yeah. or whatever. And then I was at Christ the King. Yeah, when I was at junior school, when I started playing the piano and I loved learning the piano, but then my teacher, 
I don't think she's with us anymore. I'd be very surprised if she was. She was very old. Even she's here tonight. She, she's <laughs> alive. How's it going? So I had this really sort of weird thing where I loved going to her like every Thursday after school or whatever and, mm. and learning the piano. And then I turned up outside her door one day to to continue, you know, my lessons or whatever. And all I could hear was her screaming in pain and, and I guess like a doctor or something because she used to have a really bad back yeah. problem. So she used to sort of cry in my lessons, hopefully because of the pain, not because I was shit at the piano. <laughs> and it was just this sort of, this thing. And I was sort of wondering like how how poorly is she? And then this one day I, I, I stood outside the door, I heard her wailing in pain and, and I sort of ran home and I was like, mom. Yeah. I don't think she's very well and and never went back basically and then she sent me to a different piano teacher who was really strict and really boring yeah and I clearly realized that the old piano teacher that I loved was sort of letting me get away with you know dodgy <laughs> fingering I'm allowed to say that <laughs> that's what happens it, on the show yeah put it mildly five minutes in dodgy yeah, fingering five minutes in bang <laughs> Um, and I think I lasted about two lessons and, and then it was sort of me crying in my lessons. I was like, oh, I hate her. Yeah. She's, she's horrible to me. And, <laughs> and so that sort of killed my like piano dream. And then I went to start at senior school. And then when I, when I sort of got into sort of like second and third year, I, then the music thing had sort of, I was still into it, but because I didn't, I wasn't playing the piano anymore and, I I was still sort of playing Irish instruments and stuff, mm. but then sort of as you you know you you get a bit older and you sort of hit fourteen, fifteen, and everything starts sort of yeah, changing yeah. a little bit, and you become a bit more self conscious and um and so I sort of thought actually I want to be a journalist and want to like go into sort oh, of like okay. that sort of side of media, um which that entire process was completely thrown out the window, um this is jokes because this I talk about this in this later show that I've written. Um, I went to see Sister Act 2 at the cinema and I changed I, everything. It literally <laughs> changed everything. I was like watching it going. It was like the birth of Lauren Hill. You know, she was True. in that, yeah, in that yeah. film. And and then the young lad who sang Oh Happy Day. And I was absolutely transfixed on this film. I was like, that is, that's amazing. Because yeah. I hadn't really thought about singing before. You know, it was all just sort of thought about yeah. like, instruments and stuff. So I basically the next day i went in school and was like i'm joining the choir and joined the choir and just fell in love with with singing yeah. all over again and fell in love with music all over again and started playing the piano again and then i started writing my own songs and then i realized it was really hard for me to carry a piano around with me so then i bought a guitar and i taught myself how to play the guitar because it was sort of transferable from the mm -hmm. piano and that was it. And then I just sort of just ran with it. I just kept going and did my music and yeah. drama at GCSE and then went to college. And we haven't looked back really since, have you? Because it's led to some of, I mean, one, what I know you from is probably the biggest uh -huh. TV shows in the UK, obviously EastEnders. Yeah. But then now, obviously, to writing your own yeah. show. Yeah. Like what, how much of that, to be fair, to tell, tell people what it's called. <laughs> so I've written, yeah, I've written a, I've written a, I've written a show. It's a, it's a, it's a theatre piece. It's a, yeah. it's a one man show called Boy Out of the City. Um, obviously based on you know you can take the boy out of the city, you can't take the city out of the boy, and that sort of thing has always been sort of like rolling around in my head. But yeah, so I, I started writing it. Um, 
sort of coming out of 2020 well sort of during the pandemic as yeah. we were sort of like going through that second bit um yeah well, it, 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 i guess we'll get more onto it but but that it, but it's it's been my first sort of exploration of yeah. of actually writing my own piece of theater but strangely it's the first thing i've ever done bar standards mm. where i don't sing and i don't play music in it so I just okay. wrote it. So it's it's just me acting and talking and playing these different characters. And there's like a killer soundtrack, but I'm, yeah. but I'm not actually singing or or playing the guitar, which has been really nice. Actually, it's been quite freeing. Do you know what it is? It's so, and I'm to be fair, I'm absolutely gutted that I missed it. Um, when it was, was it in when it was in, in Coventry. Coventry yeah. Um, there's something interesting I do want to talk about there about like you know you said like you were like acting, you know, like you were playing like a character and stuff. Yeah. You know, when you have like, like an album or something that kind of gets released for like the artist, it's like a bit of almost like therapy or like, it's almost like a timestamp of like a certain particular, like, you know, journey or part of their life. Yeah. When it comes to playing a character, obviously you've played very, very different, like mm -hmm. people, like across every different kind of like background kind of thing. Yeah. How do you get into the headspace? of that character uh i think you sort of know you used as in when you're given a script or if you're given a breakdown for an audition for mm. a for a role you sort of immediately read the sort of short description about who that person yeah. is and then you get you know a few sides of script and then you sort of read it and you just have this sort of intrinsic thing yeah. in you, this sort of impulse either towards it or the or an or an aversion to yeah. it. And so I've sort of learned over the years, because when you're young and when you're first starting out, you'll sort of do anything, mm -hmm. you know? So you could get an audition through for a character that it's no, <laughs> it couldn't be further away from you, which I get It's acting, you know, you're not playing yourself, but I think in order for something to be believable and have truth behind it, you need to at least be able to find similarities in that person, in, in the inner workings of that person. So, for instance, there's been multiple times where I've, you know, I've gone for an audition to play a bloody, I don't know, like a, some serious like cop <laughs> or whatever in a thing. And I'm sort of, I'm always in the audition sort of going, <laughs> your shoulders words, immediately going, change then. I sound like a wanker, like what am I doing? Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> you know, and and then there are other times when you go in and, and it's it's seamless and you, you're just on it. Yeah. Because you can just connect with the inner workings of that person. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter, you know, who you are or what job you, what job the character is or what the character looks like or, you know, all stories are built from character mm -hmm. and all characters are built from how you operate internally. Oh, okay. That's a good point. So, to that, I, I keep saying, like, I want to have music guests on the show and stuff like that as if you're not <laughs> yeah. music guest. Yeah. So, sorry about that. Yeah, no, no. Um, but when... I've had these kind of conversations before. I'm, I'm, to fair, I'm saying this as if it's blank canvas because I haven't had an actor on the show yeah. in, in a while. Yeah. Um, but when obviously they've written the song, it's been released and they're kind of having it like sung back to them. They sometimes say that they, you go into like a certain headspace or you get taken back. How much of like personal experience do you pull from going into like a character or even to fair, even from from a musical point of view. So as in like writing songs or, yeah, yeah. or any of it, um, how much do I pull from like my own experience? Yeah, yeah. Like loads. I mean, it's, mm. it's sort of 
the majority of of it i think you know there's when it comes to playing characters or when you're acting in something there's obviously there's there's outer work should we say that you have to do as far as literally who that person is or yeah. where they've come from or you know the the people that they have in their lives and you know that's all that sort of work that you do behind the scenes before you get on stage or before you get on set <laughs> but then once you know the audience are in and this curtain comes up or the camera goes action all that work goes out the window and then you're just in it you're sort of just in that space um so all that work happens beforehand yeah. and you and yeah i naturally sort of pull from from my own experience in different ways uh music is a, a whole other a whole other level i mean particularly when it comes to writing my own stuff it's always been about personal experiences yeah. i've always pulled from life and my friends and and my relationships and all those different things that they've always been the beginning of of my songwriting which is why when things like the pandemic happened i felt a bit lost i was just mm. like I, I don't i don't know how i don't know how to operate now because in order for me to be creative i need to be living my life and I yeah. need to be out there and, and well that's where the inspiration comes from isn't it like it's even in like the mundane things that we like take for granted obviously when we were going through the pandemic yeah it's those things that like either wind us up they inspire us yeah. um that they need to happen yeah because very rarely have i created anything you know whether it be a song or whether it's been you know a, characters that i've thought of or 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 even or just ideas mm. ideas for songs or ideas for sort of a, a tv show or ideas for a play or a, a, any sort of idea mm. very rarely happens when i'm just sat at home having a cup of tea yeah. or i'm or i'm bored watching the tv or whatever it's always when i'm interacting or it's when i'm in a taxi or i'm on a train or i'm looking at somebody and i'm and just something triggers so it's always an external thing that sort of triggers me so when that whole external thing was taken away and you're just sort of left with your own head and your own thoughts it was a struggle you know and yeah. it was a dangerous place to be isn't it some not dangerous but like obviously depending on obviously your experience and stuff like that but like it it, it was scary because all of a sudden we we didn't have all the distractions that yeah. we normally had so i think for a lot of people i mean from a personal point of view i generally think the pandemic changed me for the better because yeah. it one it taught me the value of time mm -hmm. and it also made me stop and question who i was like what i enjoyed doing who i wanted to be around yeah. so it was almost like a reset yeah. for me obviously with you being the creative person that you are how did you navigate that time because obviously there was no plays there was no like gigs uh, there was nothing like that no there no there really wasn't it, it was, the, I mean, the first few months when it all sort of first happened, um, it, it was all a bit, it, it was, it was such a mad time yeah. to be living through. Do you know what I mean? And it, and it was awful that there was this virus and people were dying and, you know, but sort of being, just being at home, I just, I've been working in, in LA and I just mm. got back from LA and then, um, I didn't have anywhere to live. And so I, I ended up sort of staying with a mate of mine who lived, um, down in South London unbeknownst to me that me and her and this other girl that was living there would end up apps not being able to like leave the house 
so that that whole scenario was was just really strange. <laughs> it sounds like a sitcom in itself. Yeah, it? yeah, well, it pretty much is. And actually, the show that I've written is is about that whole time. Really, it's okay. literally that sort of what spawned it. But I didn't realize at the time that uh, that I was going to end up writing mm. about it. You know, we were just sort of all living through it, and we went through that first bit. And because I had people around me, and the girl that I was staying with, she's an actress as well, and I've known her for years, and we've we've worked on music together and she's a beautiful singer and so we started doing these um we started doing these live gigs on a friday and a sunday and it was called five at five on a friday and six at six on a sunday so at literally at 5 p.m every friday we went on instagram live i had the guitar she was there and we just sang five covers every friday and then every sunday we sang six covers and so it was just and it was so great simple. so, <laughs> so really, really simple and like <laughs> loads of people they just tuned in every friday and sunday because it was like well what else is everyone gonna do um and we loved it like we had a laugh because and i think initially that was our way of of that was our, that was an outlet yeah. so it was like if we're not if we're not inspired to create anything new or or we don't have access to you know to put anything on outside mm -hmm. of our own homes let's just pick up a guitar and you know sing a few sing a few of the songs and yeah, it was just, it was fun. Yeah. Like, we had a laugh with it. Is there anything else? Obviously, I, I kind of get the impression that music and acting and obviously writing plays and stuff like that, like yeah. it has been a huge outlet for you. Yeah. We do talk about coping mechanisms a lot on the show, which is music being my biggest my go-to when things yeah. get on. But I also journal a lot. Yeah. Um, is there anything like when those days kind of hit and things are a little bit heavy that you lean on to kind of get you through? Yeah. I mean, journaling, interestingly, that's always been, it's always, I've always sort of engaged in a form of that, but throughout the second sort of that, that's that second part of the, well, the first bit as well, the second part of the lockdown, um, my boyfriend's uh, sister, she started, uh, have you ever heard of the artist way? No. it's um it's a it's a book it's a brilliant book by julia cameron yes her name yes that's definitely <laughs> her name julia cameron. um so she wrote she wrote it i think back in the 80s but you know she sort of keeps okay. like regurgitating and doing sort of like revised editions of it and it's a brilliant sort of it's a course basically so it's like a it's a beautiful book and it, and it goes over the course of 12 weeks it was originally based on where she'd gone into rehab and she'd done the 12 step process from oh, okay. Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah. And then she created uh, an, a creative artist's, you know, a pro approach to creative living based on the 12 step program, but sort of invented these new 12 steps or these 12 mm -hmm. weeks. So you do the course of, over three months. And so we had a group of us on Zoom and we used to, it was about eight of us and we used to meet once a week and you sort of have your homework and you part of the artist way. And it's funny if you, if you look about it online, like loads of people who've done the artist way, you know, from all different walks of life, <clears throat> all talk about this thing called morning pages, which is essentially journaling, but it, but there's not really, there's not a, there's not a specific process behind that. Okay. But the first thing you do every single day is you do your morning pages. So before you've done anything, you just make a cup of tea and sit down. Like, you know, you don't have to like be in bed, <laughs> like doing it, like get yourself settled. But before you sort of get, go about your day and you do three sides of, of a, you know, of a journal. So three sides of paper 
and you it's just a brain dump you just write whatever is coming out of your head and you just whack it all on this page you don't judge it you don't reread it until the end of the course and then she encourages you to go back so you can see over the course of 12 weeks how many days is that it's a lot of journaling a lot of writing so then and as you go back through it you start to pull these things out and being like god i'm actually a bit messed up or (laughs) or actually i had some nice days there or but i find now that i've continued that so i've been doing morning pages now for for nearly three years so i've just got this this sort of like book of journaling that god forbid when i die and anyone actually opens them and reads them I think this is what (laughs) (laughs) for anyone who's not watching this and listening to me, he got very nervous. Yeah, yeah, he's just left. (laughs) But do you know what? I think this is what I love about having these kind of conversations is because I've I've picked up some of the best coping mechanisms Mm. by having these kind of conversations with people. And um, because I used to always think journaling is like you sit down like dear diary, like things yeah. like that, until I started to actually put into practice and yeah. started doing it. Yeah. And there's something so powerful with journaling of looking back at those days, yeah. especially the days when I didn't think I was going to be able to get through it yeah. to be like the following day, be like, I did it. Yeah. It's such like such a pat on the back. Yes, it is. Yeah. Did you get into a sort of habit of doing it daily or? Yeah, yeah. So regularly. And what what's weird now? So I hadn't done it for a couple of months, like recently, and then I I started back again last week, and it just once I started, it was Pringles. Once I started journaling, (laughs) I literally I, I couldn't stop. Yeah. Because it was like all the thoughts, all the feelings, all like the kind of the good emotions, the bad emotions started just to really kind of just fall out. And then it wasn't until I got to the weekend and I kind of had a look back about like the start of last week and stuff. And I was like, do you know what? That was a very heavy week last week. And then now to be in this position to be like, well, you got got through it. Like I'm doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's also when part of the power of that for me personally, anyways, that actually, you sort of start to realize like how fucking mental your brain is mm. and how we go, uh, we just, we can swing from like one emotion to another in seconds, you know, and then when you sort of look back and you've sort of charted out this week, you know, and then if you want to get sort of Buddhist about it, then you, then you start looking at it and going, well, hang on a minute. How, how much am I allowing my own mind to completely thwart, thwart my day? Mm because I'm attaching myself to all of these thoughts and all of these emotions. And then what can I do to sort of, to sort of sit with that yeah. a little bit more. So when that, when those thoughts come up that when you read back on me, like, God, I was having a bit of a rough day there, you know, then the next time those thoughts come up, is there an, a little voice in you and going, Oh, I'm doing that again. So when I know where I am, I, Oh, I'm going to that place. Again. Yeah. And then through doing that regularly, you start to create a little bit of, distance between you and those thoughts and it allows you to just sit with them for a bit rather than you lose your rag yeah you know i mean or sort of go off on one what's what's i mean it's not it's not funny i was having a really really bad day but i think it was one of the days last week yeah. and i always make a prompt of like what song has got me through the day kind yeah. of thing and then i kind of look back make a little bit of playlist at the end of the year and then it's like yeah it's 
Ronan said it, roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and the one of the songs last week was, um, I think it's CEO Speedwagon, or I think I might have got that completely wrong, but can't fight this feeling. Uh-huh. And there's something about like, for, as humans, obviously we go into protective mode very, very quickly, but there's something about allowing yourself to feel those mo- emotions. And that's why that song for me now is about like, I think it's about probably a love song or something. But for me, it's like, I can't fight the feeling anymore. Yeah. Because if I need to be sad, I need to be sad. You've got to let that happen. Yeah. yeah. Because if I leave that to go over like two, three days, it it filters into every aspect yeah. of my life. So it's just kind of like, okay, retreat a little bit, let yeah. the emotion come out, do what I need to do, give myself what I need yeah. to then be like, bam, okay, I'm yeah. back, let's go. I mean, I feel like that's sort of, mental health in a nutshell isn't it it's that's definitely something i found over the years is that if you if you fight something and if that if that th- thoughts and those feelings and they're difficult to deal with if you if you operate from a place of like not not today push it down push it down or 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 immediately pick up a, a self-help book or or quick i need to listen to a podcast i need i need somebody's got the answer here someone's got this thing that's going to stop me feeling like this that's just not going to go away that's just you're you're just like reinforcing the fact that that you're struggling and that you're not okay and actually the key to it is to just go i feel rubbish and i'm gonna let myself feel rubbish Mm -hmm. and in my experience that when you do that you know it it, you're allowing it to just pass through you Mm -hmm. and you're not like yeah, you're you not grasping. You're not, you can't, yeah, don't I can't stop remember it. who said it, but I don't know if it was like some like prophet or I don't, I don't know who, <laughs> who said it. It was like whether you deal with it now or in five years' time, regardless of the time frame, you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. So kind of just save yourself the years and like months yeah. of like heartache. Yeah, just do it now. It's not easy. Yeah, but just if you just it's like rip, ripping off the past there. Yeah, because there'll be a future version of you that is so grateful that you took that decision. Totally. Yeah. Look at us getting all look at this. I know. Who'd have thought it on a mental health and music podcast? <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So Boy Out the City. Yeah. You're heading to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Yeah. What inspired obviously you kind of touched upon the lockdown being a bit of a kind of inspiration for it. Yeah. But what else like what what's the show about? So the show is about um, it's it's an autobiographical piece. So everything that Ooh. happens in the show actually happened in real life. Um, but I've sort of, you know, pulled it apart, and mm. along with my director and co-creator Nancy Sullivan, who's fantastic. Um, basically, we were talking about journaling. So that the twenty twenty happened. Pandemic was, you know, had kicked off. Me and my boyfriend when we were, we weren't living together at the time. So we didn't see each other for a long time. But what we did is just before the pandemic hit, um, is we, we'd heard that it was coming. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's yeah. like, oh, there's this virus and it's going to be a lockdown. So we sort of, there was about eight of us sort of collectively called one of our mates who lived in this little village in Oxfordshire because she lived in this converted barn. And we were like, um, I guess we're all coming to your house. Party. Like... <laughs> she was getting all these phone calls being like, guys, she was sort of offering me thinking, it's let's a hotel. Yeah. <laughs> just like, let's just have two weeks of whatever, thinking it was going to be two yeah. weeks. And then after two weeks, she was like, you all need to go home. 
now like this is yeah it's too much like we do we it was you know that's what we did but so we went back to our you know places where we weren't living together and then we didn't see each other for it was a couple of months which was really hard that's tough yeah it was really hard and then everything opened up again and you know we we had the summer out but it was also a bit weird the social distance yeah. and everything and then sort of august time everyone was like oh it's gonna be another lockdown it's gonna happen again because the cases are going up and we just sort of were like i'm not doing that again yeah not, not without you like that's not happening and us both being actors and we work in in the arts industry that that industry even that summer if you remember businesses were opening up and mm -hmm. restaurants and life had a bit of normality to it but no theater no nothing no yeah film. but it was the last thing to come back last wasn't thing it? exactly <clears throat> so we sort of we we looked back on that that sort of two-week escape at the beginning and then we just went why don't, why don't we just like go and rent a cottage in the middle of, in the middle of nowhere just for a year because you know if there is going to be another lockdown let's just do something else like why not and so we basically did this like 20 mile radius on right move or whatever from where my mate lived and we found this little village called Watlington and found this beautiful little cottage in the bottom of the Shorten Hills and we moved we just completely redesigned our lives we left the city boys out of the city you know we've, we've both been city boys all of our lives and went to moved into this sort of little cottage feel very smog we were like check us out <laughs> like we look at our beautiful lives now day. beautiful time <laughs> And then we'd been there for, I don't know, two or three weeks. And he gets a phone call saying he's been offered this job uh, in Atlanta, in America. And he left oh. two weeks later. So we'd, uh, we'd literally been there for maybe a month. Yeah. And then he went, left for America for six months. And he wasn't able to fly back because of COVID and everything. Um, we went back into that second where, hard, yeah, where, it, where yeah. it was really bad in that winter and i was on my own and i was sat in this cottage going what just happened to my life yeah like, this was not how it was supposed to be so i couldn't go and see anyone i did, well i didn't know anyone too yeah. i wasn't going i was surrounded by people who i didn't know because we just moved there we didn't know anyone um everywhere was closed you couldn't go meet anyone the only person well, about, i suppose then it was quite an because obviously if you moved quite that distance away yeah like everyone felt like a little bit of isolation anyway yeah like even if their own homes that like they've lived in all their life yeah but imagine that it's like next level okay yeah there was we were literally in the middle of nowhere like there was a i couldn't go and see there was nothing there was, yeah. there was nobody around apart from you know like a couple of neighbors but i couldn't even see them what uh next door neighbor was 84 years old was terrified of even like yeah. visiting her but uh, basically over the six months me and her we sort of built up this lovely little friendship and i sort of started you know sort of uh, every time i cooked i would sort of save a bit and i'd sort of pass it through her window and like wiping it down with like you know <laughs> anti vacuum that sort of thing but it was really hard it was a really really difficult time and i and I sort of I spiraled through so many different moments of feeling really lonely, feeling really isolated. You know, there were times when I was just drinking and and you know, what else am I gonna do? Mm. Literally, what else am I gonna do? I can't go anywhere, I can't do anything, I can't see anyone. So it was a real sort of test for me. Um, but sort of going through it, what 
sort of the day he left actually was at the beginning of, Oct of the October. I thought, do you know what? The only thing that I can do right now is write about it. So going back to the whole journaling thing. So essentially every day for six months, I started my day writing about how I, how I was feeling, what, how I'd felt the previous day, you know, and, and next thing, you know, six months went past and I turned 40 the week before everything <laughs> opened up again. Yeah. And I was pissed about that. Yeah. Because I was like, it come robbed, on, my yeah. 40th birthday has at least got to be something. It robbed me off my 30th. Yeah, no, I feel you, pain. Yeah, work feel alone. Um, and then he came home and thankfully, <laughs> and then everything, you know, everything lifted and everything's back up again. And I, I just sort of realized I had this wealth of material and I thought, well, I've got to do something with this. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. So again, I took it to my mate, Nancy, and I was like, babe, I think there's something here. And we took, we just tore apart hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of, of, of just my thoughts. And we, we squashed it into an hour and boy out the city was, was born. I love, look at the smile on your face. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's thrilling for me because it's, when I go back and talk about that time now, yeah, it was really hard. It was, re it was really, really difficult. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. But it's so nice to think that something good came out of that and something that I feel really proud of. I feel really sort of unbeknownst to me as well. It, it's what it's done is it's allowed me to sort of finally speak about things, yeah. certain things in my life that I've struggled to speak about. I've struggled to be honest about, um, to do with my sexuality, to do with my Catholic upbringing, to do with, um, I had testicular cancer when I was 23, uh, suffered extreme um, panic disorder and anxiety for the best part of two years over that period of time whilst I had cancer. Uh, so I just, there, there was all these sort of moments where in, in my past that it took me being alone for six months for those things to surface when I had no distractions. And it was like these things started to come to the surface and go, this happened, this happened, this happened, that all these things happened, but we haven't really dealt with it, have we? Mm -hmm. And so the, this whole sort of boy out the city vibe is the way that I've created it in the story is it's essentially, you know, me playing myself, but it's this man, you know, who's left alone uh, during the sort of crazy time. And these younger versions of himself start to surface. Mm -hmm. 
And it's almost like you can take the problem out of the boy, but you can't take the boy out of the problem. <laughs> or the other way around. Yeah. Like that's powerful. another beautiful way of, you know, of you putting it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's the sequel. There's the <laughs> boy out the problem. Sorry. Taylor James. <laughs> the problem out of the city. <laughs> no, but I think, do you know what? It's, I respect that so much because Thanks. it's, it can't have been easy. And to go through one of those things that you've just mentioned is enough to kind of, is enough trauma to yeah. kind of cause a lot of, obviously damage but then to kind of group them all together and then deal with them again in such a short period of time yeah how is it now seeing it well i'm not seeing it because obviously you're you're starring <laughs> yeah. in it i'd love to see yeah. it <laughs> sounds great, sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> but how, how weird is it kind of playing that again thankfully it's really fun yeah um but also I would say the word difficult because I think if it was too difficult, I wouldn't be doing it. Um, and I hate the word cathartic because it reminds me of just Alanis Morissette. And I love Alanis Morissette. It's pretty cathartic for me. It was like a bit like 90s sort of term. But I but I understand the term. I understand where it comes from. But I, it feels, it, 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 it's, it's, in, it's enjoyable and it feels like I'm finally... I, I finally allowed myself to I've, I've, I've given myself permission to go, no, do you know what? I had these, I had certain moments in my life that nearly killed me. And I've decided as a 42 year old man to, to stand up in front of people and go, these are the things that happened to me. These things nearly killed me. And I've got issues about those things. And I've also got issues with the, with a few reasons as to why I think those things potentially did happen to me. And and I, and I feel like it's my, it's not necessarily my time, but, but that boy in me who experienced those things, it's his time to stand up and go, this is what happened. And, and I, and I feel strong enough to say it now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you nearly got me then. Okay. <laughs> I can literally feel it in the corner of my eye. Okay. That's incredibly powerful. Yeah. Listen, given all of that, it's also really fucking funny. Yeah. So to be fair, you need a sense of humor to get through the, the shit that we yeah, have to go through. Yeah, you really do. But sometimes it's only in hindsight that you, that you can see the humor in those things. It, it, you know, even within those six months, and it, you need space. You know, you need you need space from it. Um, writing about the you know the 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 actual me being alone in, in the cottage or something is it, it's that's literally the first five minutes of the show <laughs> it's just it's just setting up the fact that you know i'd found myself alone like in this place and then the rest of it it just goes on this juggernaut sort of journey back from when i was seven through when i was 12 and 14 and 18 and 21 and 23 and it, it just and then it sort of jumps sort of back and forth in time but what's been really nice about doing these previews before I sort of go up to Edinburgh. So I did one in Carve and I did a couple in the village where I still live. So we're still there Love in Wellington. Um, I'm doing London previews as well. What's been really amazing and what was always my point when I sort of start, started creating a theatre piece out of it was that I couldn't write something so personal and so isolating that people watched it and went, all right, thanks. Thanks for getting off your yeah. chest, mate. 
Oh yeah. That's Do you want a pint? Basically, just paid for my yeah, therapy session. That, thanks for letting me get that off my chest. Um, it was really important for me to create something that was completely universal, mm. and that despite the fact that these things happened to me, and what's been really nice in these previews and sort of testing the show out and testing the words out is just the the complete diversity of audience mm. members who have come up to me afterwards and and held me and they've been in tears or they've been laughing or they've uh, all sorts of emotions and that's, that's, so that's what's powerful people. about it though because you know of all the kind of thing i mean I've, today's obviously the first day that i've i've met you and yeah. we were chatting before obviously we hit the record button yeah. and i was like oh, okay i've in the first minutes you get it kind of mm -hmm. thing like i didn't have to like overshare there was just like yeah just from having the conversation yeah but then i imagine there's people in that audience that might not relate to everything that you've been through yeah but if they can kind of relate to that one little bit and almost laugh yeah that is an incredibly powerful position to be in yeah yes it's it feels yeah it it, it feels like um It feels like a, a breathe out. It mm. feels like a, a really, a really sort of lovely, big, long exhale yeah. to sort of get up there and, and perform that show and feel a collective exhalation because there are moments where, and listen, I've done, I know what I'm doing. I've done it on purpose, you know, yeah. I take people to the brink. Yeah. People are like, oh, you know, and then you, and then, and then they're in laughter, you know, yeah. they're, they're in sort of tears and, and then they're laughing again and then they're in tears and then they're on the, it does all of that, you know, but that's, I guess my experience in working in theater over the past sort of yeah. 25 years, that's the sort of theater I want to see. I want, I want to, I want to go to the theater because I want to feel something and I don't just want to feel one thing. I want to feel, I want to feel a bunch of different things. And if somebody can make me go on all of those journeys and leave me sort of breathless and exhausted by the end of it, then that person's oh, well, done a great job. So I feel like there's an element of like becoming what, you needed when you were going through all that kind of stuff what do you mean like, like in terms of obviously at different stages of your life yeah you know we need very different kind of like i not necessarily role models but like advice or a figure to kind of thing i imagine now like you said like it's a bit freeing yeah that you're now almost that person that you kind of needed in those moments yeah it's almost yeah it's almost like because i've because I've allowed myself to to go back to certain mm. places and I've allowed that boy in me, uh, those different versions of me to to stand up and have his say and, and sort of talk about he, how he felt about it. It does, it, it feels like there's a sort of weird sort of parent-child thing going on. You know, and a lot of people do talk about this. People talk about, you know, we've, we've all got these inner children, mm. we've all got these kids inside of us who are all a bit bruised and a bit, like, I don't think there's anybody wandering this earth who doesn't have God, a sort no. of a, 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 a kid inside yeah. of them who's just like who was been who was repressed and who was sort of shut down mm -hmm. you know and we're all so busy walking around this earth adulting or pretending to be an adult but we're all just big kids walking around <laughs> trying our best and but the issue i think is when you start realizing that as an adult quote unquote is that you're being triggered by things that isn't very that aren't very mature. That your response to them isn't very mature, 
And that's when you sort of have to go, hang on a minute. Why am I acting like that? Why am I doing that? Because I think it's the demise of so many relationships, so many friendships, all the demise into addiction and all these different things is because we're, we're being triggered by these mm. things that happened to us when we were a kid. And I think it's really important to, to find out what that is, what that trigger is. Go back to that kid and be like, listen, I'm really sorry that I pushed you down. <laughs> and I said, shut up. Don't say anything. You keep, stay where you are and we're going to crack on and we're just going to get on by then. I'm going to ignore what just happened. That's not like you were saying before, whether it happens now or it happens in five years time or 10 years time or 50 years time. And then people find themselves decades later acting out and doing things that, that are causing them harm and causing harm to the people around them. I feel like I want to clap after that bit. <laughs> you did it again. <laughs> Was there any part of you that when you were writing it, even obviously when you were sat with like Nancy guy going yeah. through it all point together, that it would lead to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival? Um, hoped. I think I always, not necessarily for Edinburgh, but I definitely hoped that it would, that it would find a life yeah. and something would happen with it. We did a couple of tryouts. Um, we did one in London and I did one at this great arts festival called Westival uh, in Westport okay. in Ireland. That was sort of one of the first incarnations of it. And that was literally me stood on a stage. I still had the words in front of me because there's so many of them. <laughs> and there was a microphone and I was just like, it was just sort of me telling a story. I was just reading and, and it worked. And so I, we knew from that moment that actually if we start bringing in all the other elements, like we start setting it and we stage it and we start pulling these characters out and I start becoming these different characters and we bring in set and then we bring in sound and we bring in lights. And so it just started to build, Snowball, it, yeah. build itself. And, you know, the amount of things I've done in the past, I always feel like when something just starts to grow of its own accord, you know, you're onto something good. Because mm -hmm. if, you, if you have to try too hard and, and, it, and it never, it's something you, just, I think you should give up on things, but you know, if it gets to a certain point and you're just like, you know, if Michelangelo's chipping away and he's like, I, the guy's not, he's not in there, he's not in the block, <laughs> you know, throw the chisel away and you know, be done. Yeah, but when it's, but when it takes on its own energy and takes on its own form, it's really exciting. It's almost like that gut feeling, isn't it? To be yeah. like, okay, I, I need to follow this as far as I possibly can. Exactly. Yeah. You did mention, obviously, you don't sing in the show, yeah. but the big premise of The Waffle Shop is I'm a big believer in people having a soundtrack to their life. Mm -hmm. You said the show had a banging soundtrack. Yeah. Are these tracks that have kind of been there yeah. throughout your life and kind of soundtrack? I'm so fucking annoyed yeah. I missed this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because just sort of from a dramatic sort of point of view and from a from a creative point of view, you know, even though when I go back in time to like these different places, mm. um, you know, and there, there are very specific times when I'm, I'm talking about certain places in Coventry or places in New York or places in London. And, you know, not everybody has been to those cities. Not everybody sort of knows those places. Yeah. So what we've sort of done strategically throughout the pieces drop certain things that are of a very certain time and that's also been a really interesting part of the previews yeah. because 
for instance, like I'll give you an example. Look at the very beginning, people are walking into the auditorium and we're playing like banging early 2000s house music. Okay. And so you're sort of walking in and you're like, what club okay, did I yeah, just get so, to? Wrong Which door. Which is a complete, you know, <laughs> that reminds me of my sort of after hours clubbing days yeah. back in London where we used to go to clubs at four o'clock in the morning and we'd fall out of them at midday on a Sunday. So I know, <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm going to do it now. I'm too tired. No. <laughs> too tiring. So you sort of walk in and you're immediately in this like, you know, whoa, this yeah. is, this is, this is an, an interesting sort of space to be in. And then the lights go down and then this very traditional Irish reel starts playing on a tin whistle. Oh my God. <laughs> so you've just gone from, you've just been there and now you're like, <laughs> What? In like where, of yeah, where, <laughs> where, I, where am I now? And so you, it's we're doing that, and so we're playing with these different environments. Yeah. And it's really helpful because music, like you say, it, it does has that such a massive it? impact on on your senses. What songs are in there? So we've got. I mean, don't obviously spoiler alert. No, it's not. Listen, the songs aren't <laughs> spoiler alert. But we've got like old school salt and pepper in there. So there's like what a well, man, man yeah, is okay. in there um we've got um some shakespeare's sister um, stay, stay oh, is okay. in there some beverly craven promise oh. me is in there then we've got more house music um that's also in there then we've got some sort of nice sort of film references sort of film tra- soundtracks that sort of pop in um that you would just know exactly you know when you sort of hear it on the circle of life uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah totally yeah <laughs> So just just enough. It's just sort of peppered, yeah. with, peppered with them. Um, it sort of I love helps, that. Sort of, you know, take us all on. It's on almost like a, like this is your life kind of <laughs> yeah. situation. Yeah, but that's what's been great about the music as well, is because some people really remember those those songs, you know, and and in the context of the show, when certain songs of these happen, it's you're getting this double whammy of mm. seeing me listening to these songs and where I was at the time compared with your own experience about yeah. who you were at that time. And again, like I've had, you know, a, 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 a couple like husband and wife, who have left the kids at home. Cause I've put, you know, it's not for under 16, yeah. you know, and then the house music kicks in and they're pulling me aside and buying me a pint after the show and be like, Oh my God, it yeah. days when we used to go and get off it. And you know, we used to go clubbing and we'll go to festivals. It's and... the nostalgia though, isn't it? Yeah. It takes you back to like those certain moments, like, especially like if, you remember that song from a festival. Yeah. Those two, three days, days, or however long you're there, yeah. you're not worried about anything else other than who's by your side yeah. and the music. Yeah. So this is, that's what I'd, I'd love it stays the whole concept of it. Yeah. Yeah. It stays with you for forever, those things. Like music's so, such a powerful, such a powerful thing. I have three final questions for Great. you then, which yeah. leads right. It's a lovely little segue into lovely. this. So obviously, I can't imagine it takes a lot to get you on the dance floor. No. But <laughs> is there a song that needs to be playing to be like an instant, right, I'm up? It's de- it would definitely be house music. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it, it wouldn't be. Although, like so, an old school Salt and Pepper track or TLC, I would absolutely love. It would take me a lot to dance to that yeah. now. Like if I was in a bar and waterfalls come on, I'm not just going to go and stand <laughs> in the pub and be don't. like, don't go chasing water. Like not doing that. But like if I'm in a bar or, or if, I mean, I can't remember last time I was in a club, but if I'm at a festival or something and some house music plays, I mean, anything by like Norman Jay, like all of Norman Jay's old stuff. I love all the defected 
um yeah jamie jones are all of that stuff i love yeah any any sort of house that's got like a lovely just a dry it's like euphoric isn't it feeling that comes with house music yeah but there's something about that's there's a specific type of house that's like i get i don't like the word funky (laughs) (laughs) funky house (laughs) but there's something about that fall to the floor with the you know with the just that lovely little beat to it yeah, the sort of soulful house. I feel like mentally you were going elsewhere then. Yeah. Like soulful house and stuff mm. with a bit of a vocal on it. Or or even just like I love minimal techno as yeah. well. So it's okay. got a bit of space and a bit of bit of area to it. Like Well, this is kind of I don't like trance or I don't like What do I know? I think it's probably more trance. It seems to be having like a bit of a resurgence, isn't it? Obviously, like Calvin Harris is now releasing tracks that are like a bit trance. Have I heard this before? Yeah. When it's not, no, it's just like it's like brand new. Yeah, so it's almost it, sort of harking back to my older brother, Kieran, was like massively into the rave scene in Coventry, yeah. like back in the sort of early nineties when mm. it was like the Planet and all those places. Yeah, so was my dad. All... My dad used to run them. Oh, yeah. I turned out fine. So there we go. But I remember my brother coming home with like, let me be your fantasy, like the baby. Yes. But before it got released, it was only, it was released years later, like when it was in the yeah. charts, but he used to have it on tape or like old school prodigy. He'd have on these cassette tapes, but it was so underground. Yeah. Then that you weren't hearing it on the radio. And it was the same with house music for me as when I first moved to London. And I was going to all these, you know, different sort of really underground sort of house clubs, but the music was, wasn't, it hadn't surfaced, mm. but then, then 10 years later, Bam. you're hearing these house tracks on the radio and you're like, this isn't new. Yeah. And not only is it not new, but now you've got some weird vocal track on it. <laughs> Stop it. It's not the same. <laughs> it never is, is it? It never is. is. On the flip side of that, is there a song or an album that you can't listen to? Or if you are having like a bit of an emotional day, it it pulls the tears out. Like a musical onion, if you like. A musical onion. <laughs> My God, that's a brilliant, brilliant expression. <laughs> I'm going to write that one down, actually. Um, oh, I don't know, actually. I don't know. I'm not sure. No, I'm not. Right. Yeah, it's I'm a, not they're big sure. questions. That's what these is why it I is never a, brief the guests. Yeah, it is a big question. I don't know. Like a song that really would make me sort of be upset about something. Or even that you relate to. Like it's like, oh, oh my God, they wrote that for me. Right. Something that's got a bit of drama to it. I don't know. Maybe something that's just so nostalgic that it reminds me of like, you know, maybe it's just like a really old school like Tori Amos song that's just her on the piano and and it's just such a beautiful gorgeous sort of soaring melodies but sort of really delicate in the way that it's being produced and and if I hear that now I just I think about you know takes you back like that doesn't it you know being stoned when I'm 16 and being like (laughs) she's amazing (laughs) you know yeah and then then maybe get nostalgic because because of that little boy at that time being like Oh, we always knew you were gay. <laughs> little shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Final question. If if there's a song or even an album that you would quite happily put in a box, wrap it in chains, kick it into the ocean, never hear it again, <laughs> what would it be? What would that be? 
Oh my god! <laughs> like not even in an angry way, but just in the like. Oh yeah, not in an angry. Like it might be like... overplayed. It might be like it could be a wide range of reasons. <sighs> Probably my no first beef. album that I ever wrote. <laughs> no, you can't. Just no, you can't say that. Like... That's a one rule. Okay, I'm not allowed to say that because I recently discovered therapy. Oh, not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Song. the song the song therapy you know therapy yeah, yeah. it's been a I've bit been it's been going on for years <laughs> um, yeah, the listeners I wrote a song called therapy which is quite powerful it's all about the power of a conversation yes hence my uh, social media <laughs> handles this ain't therapy everyone always just going they're like this this ain't therapy okay um what just like an overplayed Maybe I don't know. Let's ju- let's just say. Oh no! What was that song I heard on the radio the other day? There's like a new Belinda Carlisle song, and it's in my opinion, it's a bit rubbish. Oh, okay. So I'll just pop that in a box and kick it into the ocean and say, Belinda, give me another heaven on yeah. earth immediately. I respect that. Thank you. Because everyone comes on here and they cop out and they're like, "Crazy Frog." Cray. Oh God, yeah. Or like. No, you've said Belinda no, Carlisle. No. And, and it's really recent. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Belinda, because it's because I love you. I I'm sorry, Belinda. I think you're dead good. But that song. She is a big fan of the show, so I imagine it's going to quite upset her. She listens. Yeah. Like you. Honestly, you've been, this has been like really unexpectedly good. Not that I thought it was, wasn't going to be, <laughs> but like, honestly, I have so much respect for people that almost turn the pain into the purpose. And I don't think you realize that how much people are going to relate to this and almost heal themselves from hearing your experiences. So one, thank you for joining me for Waffle. But what are the, what, what are the dates? Uh, dates. So yeah, so Boy Out the City is happening at Edinburgh Fringe Festival yes. 2023 from August the 3rd until August the 27th. Um, I'm on every day at 3.30. I've got two Mondays off actually in the middle Whatever those two, you know, the Monday and the, yeah. the Monday and the Monday, then Monday. <laughs> two Mondays. But uh, yeah, I'm on at half three every day um, in Big Belly, which is part of Underbelly, uh, which is, it's a bit mad because Underbelly have these different venues. But it's Big Belly, which is on Cowgate, which is part of Underbelly. Half three every day, boy out the city. Where can people get tickets? Um, go to the Edinburgh Fringe website. Um, or download the app. If anyone's going to the Edinburgh Fringe this year, download the app. It's class. Search for Boy Out the Sea and you'll find it. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for a, a waffle. Great time. Cheers. <laughs> Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've been listening to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and even leave a review. It means the world to me. See you soon.